0: length from the New Wales coaching team in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. New head coach Wayne Pavac is clear about the objectives.
1: We definitely want to evolve the game with the ball. That's something that we're going to try and do. That'll take time and we look forward to that challenge. But it's not all about fancy back play
2: for forwards coach John Humphreys. I'd love to see us win a couple of games real dirty forwards. You have to have the ability to do both just kind of doing the right way. We've got to be prepared. We have an avenue to do here.
0: But the WIU AGM, sees Lisa Burgess, become the first woman elected to the WIU board. A change Chairman Gareth Davis is pleased to see.
3: Well, I think already because we've made this change, because it's out there, people realise
0: we have to change in terms of those people who contribute to the game. So it's probably a bit of I Yes, the governance change is beginning to have a positive impact sooner rather than later. More from the WIU-AGM coming up, but we'll start with the Wales Barbarians game. The women at lunchtime and then the men under new management for the first time. We'll hear from some of the new coaching team at length in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Starting with head coach Wayne Pivak on whether the job is revolution or evolution.
1: Yeah, there is a balancing act, isn't there? We're excited to be... uh... Uh, in with a new coaching group or I'm excited to be in with a new coaching group and we've talked long and hard about how we can add value to what is already a a successful rugby team so everything we're doing we're throwing that question at it I guess Uh, are we adding value if something's not broken then we move on and the beauty of having been in this position behind the scenes I guess for over 12 months now is that it's gonna be plenty of time to have lots of meetings discuss a lot of rugby issues with a lot of people and to find the views of many and then to add that into the pool of information, I guess, so that we can hopefully make some good decisions going forward. But we definitely want to evolve the game with the ball. That's something that we're going to try and do. That'll take time and we look forward to that challenge.
4: In terms of new names, uh, the two New Zealand-born players called back on residents in the back line, Johnny McNichol and uh, Willis Hollow. what are you looking to them to bring
1: Johnny McNichol, I personally know a lot about, clearly. Willis I had in the Auckland age groups uh, when I was coaching Auckland, so I know his background. They're both very, very exciting attacking players. Um, It's an opportunity for us to get Willis into the mix for a week and to have a look at him. We've spoken to Willis earlier in the season about parts of his game that uh, we like and parts that we think he can work on, uh, as we do with most players. So It'll be an interesting week to see how some of the players step up into a new environment and he's one of those players.
4: And two young pack rowers, who so run unpacked, and Shane Lewis Hughes, tell us about
1: those guys. Yeah, look, they're exciting young talents, they're uh, both well known uh, to the age group coaches, they've had uh, a successful time through the development programme that we have here and they're now both playing senior rugby for their clubs. Both have caught the eye, I was at the Dragons game uh, with John Humphreys on the weekend and uh, not a bad time to score three tries for your club as a youngster. So Tain did very well there. And look, it's again part and parcel of learning more about players, so that we've got more information in the mix when it comes to Six Nations. And the selection of this group is uh, part of it's on the here and now for the Barbarians game. Part of it is looking uh, at players and getting information for the impending Six Nations, but also with an eye on 2023.
4: In terms of the game itself, obviously the Barbarians. And as opponents aren't going to be like anything that
1: you face in the Six Nations here. No, and that, that, that's a fun element, isn't it? Because in the game today, the professional side of the game, you know, everything's pretty structured and, you know, a lot of work goes into attack and defence and, and doing homework on opposition, previewing teams and reviewing your own performance. And I think this is a game where people can look forward to good old-fashioned running rugby from certainly the Barbarians and we'll certainly be looking to play our part in the game, but within the structures we put in place. So... I think uh, these are great games. Everyone looks forward to them and it looks like we've got a great crowd coming along and it should be you know, a great opportunity for some Welsh players to put their hand up.
4: In terms of style, how different do you think that Wales 15 that takes the field against Italy at the start of the Six Nations is going to be from the, the style that we saw from Wales in the World Cup?
1: Well, again, if you, if you throw that question of adding value to it, I think we've been a very disciplined team. Our record speaks for itself in terms of Reducing penalties in games and, and reducing opportunities for the opposition to get into your into the scoring zone, if you like, takes pressure off the defence, and the defence has worked pretty well. It's been well documented over the last few seasons. And that's kept us in games, and it's won us games of rugby. And I think uh, most people, opponents would say that Wales are a very, very hard team to break down and, and beat. So that's not a bad position to be starting from. And um, as I said earlier, if we can look at um, adding value, if you like, to uh, the part of the game when we do have the ball... I don't think you're going to see us go willy-nilly moving the ball from everywhere, because uh, the more we play, the more opportunities teams to turn ball over, and that stresses the defence. So it'll be uh, horses for courses and common sense prevailing on it. And Sam Walburton
4: added to the coaching group as a as a technical advisor. How do you see his role and, and how will it fit in with Byron Haywood?
1: Oh look, I think they'll complement each other really, really well. We've been together just a couple of days this week, or a day and a half so far, and. Uh, look, the heads are getting together. There's a lot of good conversations being had. And, look, what we've done there is we've got an experienced head of department in Byron, who I know very, very well. He's done a fantastic job with the Scarlets. And Sam coming in to me just, again, adds value. If you look at the attack side of the game, we've had two coaches for some time, and Rob and Jenks, and they've worked together in terms of ball in hand and out of foot in terms of across the park. And kicking's not just defensive and exits, an it's also attacking kicks. So they work together. And if you can imagine a training session at the end, you've got 40 players, two coaches, throw in two or three assisting them in terms of working on guys' skills. Defensively, we've had one coach. So it's something I talked to Sean about and Byron about, and we've ended up with two coaches. Uh, Sam will um, bring in uh, technical expertise and decision-making at the breakdown defensively, and that's primarily his role. Although he's a very experienced player, and we still need not tap into some of the other Parts of the game where he'll have, uh, obviously, views. So I'm excited about that combination. Probably uh, a lot's been said about our defence and that Sean's done such a great job. These two guys coming together, I think, is going to be great and I look forward to um, them working well together. And what
4: can Wales fans expect over the next four years?
1: What can they have for? Look, we're building towards 2023. We've looked at the boys' performances at the World Cup this season, Uh, obviously finishing fourth. We looked at what we think we need to do to bridge the gap and to be able to knock off New Zealand, England or South Africa on a given day at a World Cup, and clearly to win it, you've got to have three big performances in you, week on, week off. We think that profiling by position, we'll look at the sort of athletes that we need to play the game we want to play, and and that's a process we're, we're going through at the moment. It's an extensive process of looking at players not only in the current senior game in Wales, but looking through the age group system and the work there, that we're doing uh, with the under-20s, the under-18s, with Ryan Jones coming in his position. So we're working closely together there to maximise the resources we've got. There's also an exiles programme which we want to build on and make sure that we're covering a lot of ground so that every Welsh player that's out there that is eligible to play for their country, we have as much information on and they have an opportunity. Wait, what's the biggest challenge? It's going to be, uh, I think, managing expectation early. I think um, a lot of people are going to expect us to be throwing the ball around willy-nilly, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be horses, of course, as I said. We've got to get ourselves into the position where we create opportunities and then play to our strengths, which hopefully will be a wide game, as well as being able to have a power game to go with it. Um, he's, got injuries, anyway. he's a little bit of a groin niggle, so he will um, have a, an extended break. He was always going to get a six-week recovery period. In terms of the, the players with Knox... Crave, head of medical, Bobby, head of strength and conditioning. Those guys have had a lot of input um, and recommendations into the time off. It's a bit of a science behind it. We haven't just um, picked a random number for players, and it's been on their volumes, the knocks they've had. You have got to remember these guys have been going uh, since June, so uh, it's been a, a heck of a workload, not only uh, physically but mentally as well. Alan Wynn, the responsible, of been captain, so he's got a six-week layoff. When you got captain in mind for, for this squad or this team? Yeah, we have. We'll speak to a couple of players early next week, but we've definitely, there's a couple of guys that spring to mind straight away who captained their club sides, and um, but I've spoken to both of them.
0: What lessons do we learn from the World Cup? The way South Africa won it, the way England performed at times?
1: Oh, I, th- I think what we're doing as a new group is not being judgmental. It's sitting there and looking 2023, where we think the game is heading, what sort of athletes we think we need, the profile for a prop, second row, that sort of thing, and that's the work behind the scenes we're doing. Uh, We're obviously looking at the three teams that finished ahead of us and seeing if there's common ground across those three sides and what does that look like and what do we have to do to bridge that gap and in fact overtake those sides.
0: An interesting challenge. Much is expected of the style Wales will play, following on from some success for Wayne and backs coach Stephen Jones at the Scarlets. Of course, Stephen had the chance to be involved with Wales in the World
5: Cup. Oh, it was a great experience for me personally. It was great to see how the other coaches worked, the reasons why certain things were in place, uh, the psychology behind it. Great to work with new players, to see them in the pressure environment and how they cope. So it was just a wonderful experience and obviously able to bring that back and feed that to uh, uh, some of the new coaches coming in.
4: Worked with uh, Wayne for several years now. What's the nature of your partnership? How do you slot in
5: together? Oh, yeah, we have a great relationship. We have a healthy environment. We can bring ideas to the table new concepts, discuss them as a coaching group, because the game's always evolving, law changes, you'll be uh, try to be ahead of the game, so uh, he's very open-minded, which is great.
4: And what can Welsh supporters expect from this team now in the Six Nations, compared to the last Six Nations, what sort of... Different emphases do you think
5: that you bring to the job? Uh, obviously, we've got this game, the Barbas, first up, and uh, you know that's going to be a great challenge. Again, there's new players in the squad, so I'm, from my perspective, really looking forward to working with these guys to see what the skill sets are like, uh, their attitude, ability to absorb ideas, and uh, you know, so that's re- really exciting, uh, this coming challenge, and obviously certain aspects of the game we want to evolve, It's going to take time, because we've got to be learning to do, but that's, that's the good thing.
4: In terms of your former position at uh, fly-half, you're really uh, testing strength and depth, aren't you, at the moment? Because, uh, obviously, two long-term injuries and one unavailable for this
5: one. Yeah, so it was you know, a wonderful opportunity for Sam and for Jared. And we've uh, been watching them play for a while. So, again, I'm looking forward to working with these guys. Different qualities, but just the ability to challenge them, see how they pick up on some concepts and uh, good weapons aren't they, good attacking weapons so uh, that's an exciting prospect. To be able to have a good attacking game we obviously got to get people into position early because uh, you've got to have options as a ball player and and to be a running threat you've got to have a lot of traffic around you so that'll be first and foremost what I want to get with the team is making sure that people know their roles in attack and uh, you know, that'll be my main focus. And then the good thing is is when we get people in the correct position, ball players have decisions to make. And then the challenge then is to make the right decisions. And, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to uh, working with next week.
4: How do you evolve things during the Six Nations while sort of maintaining the importance of results?
5: You know, we fully realise the importance of results and the momentum's everything in the Six Nations. You know, I've been there as a player and, you know, you know, it's important to, to win your first at match and then things snowball, and that's going to be key for us. And it's going to be no different as, as a coach, you know I mean? But I'm fully realistic to where we want to get to. It's going to be a process, it's got to learn and take place, and uh, it's going to take time. But we've got to be smart and, on how we do it, and that's going to be our challenge as coaches because it's pointless just tipping the scales because we'll be found out straight away. And we, we've got to evolve slowly and be smart in the way we do that.
3: In Japan, you were straight in the, the fireman, so to speak.
5: How much chance did you get to evolve the game plan where oh, in, in fairness, uh, Gats was very supportive, and what you're up against in the World Cup is obviously time on the on the pitch. And uh, Next week, the advantage I've had is I've been able to prepare a lot more, so some presentations will have you ready to go from uh, moment one, know the individuals on want to pick up and uh, uh, have conversations with and, uh, and know exactly what, what I want to do in the working week. The training, so from a preparation perspective, it's going to be totally different, but yeah, I'd like to evolve things. It's not just going to be one week, it's going to be a, a slow process, but that's the good thing. For the scholars,
0: it maybe took a little while to to get everyone to work in the right structures and so on. Maybe most of the season, when do the Welsh fans <laughs> expect to see a Stephen Jones? And a well, of I,
5: we're obviously going to be working on things from day one, but obviously. To be able to be smart and creative in an attack and making sure everybody's comfortable on the ball and happy with the decisions, you know, it, it takes time. And uh, I don't know is the honest answer, uh, but we'll be working on it from one moment when. Well, when you look
0: at the World Cup and, and rush defences and all the rest of it, you look at it and think...
5: Yeah, we can get around that, or is that going to be a problem? Yeah, no, it, it, I love it. you mean the fact teams are you know defending different ways, where they bring in huge line speed, but the wingers are flying up as you said to try and cut this off? You know these are all problems we've got to learn to solve and uh, make sure we have the answers to, so we can take the space because ultimately a defensive team can't mark up all the space. Our challenge is to recognise where that space is and make sure we get the ball lay in our terms.
0: And much of that will depend on the forwards under John Humphreys. So what's he looking for from the players?
2: There's a lot of boys who've been there a long time before, a lot of boys that, are, that I know. What are we looking for? And, and People who can stand out athletically. And um, the people that are, that are coming that squad, they can stand out athletically. And uh, it's about, you know, can, can their still skills transcend up? And with all those young boys who've been named, we believe their skills can transcend up.
4: And cap players like Tane Basham and Shane Lewis-Hughes, are you picking them with a few to... This year or two years' time or three years' time, or how, it,
2: how do you see it? You can never tell how development goes. When they're brought into the squad is to take closer look at them. If we like what we see and we can see they progress quickly, then I've seen it you know, many times before. You think, well, this kid's going to be good in two years' time. All of a sudden he's there and he's indispensable. So, look, it's, it's exciting. Bit
4: of a, a blow with losing Thomas Francis, though?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, He's played a lot of tests, been... Pretty key to to Wales going forward, but it's an opportunity now to see the boys who are in. Can they take this? Can they start? Can they a regular spot? So that's what we're about. I think, again, athletically, the boys we have there, I think they can. Their work outside the set-piece is excellent, but we need more at set-piece.
4: What about uh, the strength and depth of the front row? How
2: do you see that at the moment? I'd want to see more. and I think what Wayne's talking about is is our relationships with the regions with eight under 18s with under 20s i think that's that's pivotal for us to develop that strength that to me is is something that i need to work hard with and i i've been around all the the forward coaches all the regions there and and i've been very very impressed with them i've been very impressed with how welcoming they are so it's good you know i really enjoyed that you know cuz i finished in june so i've been working since this day with it so It's just good. I think there's a lot of scope for improvement there.
4: How would you compare those resources then with those that you had in your previous national job with uh, with Scotland?
2: Two national, uh, so regional teams in Scotland, and then we had a a big Exiles program to try and fill that in. But this is, you know, it's it's luxury. You've got four regional teams, four professional teams. So there's there's a lot of resources. It's about how we go forward together with that. That's the key for us.
4: Obviously, uh, being part of
2: a, a national coaching setup up at international level is great, but does it feel you know, even more special coming back home? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, I lived up in Scotland for, for seven years. The feeling outside of where the, the rugby takes place is, you know, it's, it's not a massive rugby community. You come down here, you're surrounded by it all day, every day. And, uh, you, know, you you sort of enjoy that sometimes when you're up in Scotland, but then you also miss the how Much it means to people, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, it should be, should be a good ride
4: compared to three million selectors for the
2: next four years. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, I, uh, look. Um, I understand, uh, I stand all, I understand all that, and I understand what, or what maybe around the corner at times, but I enjoy it. That's what am about.
1: Well, how have you seen the role of the of Type 5 forward evolve in the last few years, and where do you think it's maybe going in the next few
2: For me, it's about athletes, it's about people who not just have moments in a game, but have moments that matter. And I think the front five uh, lay the foundation for, for the character of the team. And that's where I'm excited about. I think there's a lot of talent here. I think the front five, I obviously would as a, as a forwards coach, but they are fundamental to the success of actually dominating teams up front. And that's what we want to do. Did you
0: take out of the World Cup the way South Africa won at six forwards on the bench the bulk they provided up front? Are the lessons for Wales? Or is it just a different...
2: the way... Wayne talked was about you know where's the game going is it going back to you're trying to dominate people up front and I, I don't think South Africa went into that game and felt right we're going to dominate that scrum that happened in the game and they kept on going through that area so for us trying to get a type of game where we can win pretty and we can win ugly But our set piece I, I feel that you know the foundations are good but I reckon there's there's a lot we can we can get from that. I'd love to see us win a couple of games real dirty through the forwards. You have to have the ability to do both. You just can't go in with one way. These games are won and lost on very small factors in a game. M- you know, moments in a game that change the whole course of that. And, and We've got to be prepared. No matter what it throws at us, we have an avenue to win the game. And I think Wales right now have the ability to win games. You know, no matter how it's going, how they're playing, they still find a way to win. We've got to build on that and, and go from there.
0: you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast another aspect of Welsh Rugby going forward is the governance of the game which has changed a fair bit over the last 12 months part of those changes has seen Lisa Burgess become the first woman elected onto the WRU council and then the WRU board chairman Gareth Davis welcomed the changes We've been trying to change our governance over the last two or three years
3: to more accurately reflect uh, society, more accurately reflect what's going on in the game. And uh, we appointed uh, Aileen Richards as the first female non-executive director three years or so ago. Uh, Lisa will come on now as the sort of first elected by the membership. So it's great, you know, something we've we've been trying to convince the clubs over the last couple of years that we have to change. And that's testament, I think, to the way they have bought into it as well. And the fact that we have two women on the board, one from a business perspective, another one from you know, somebody who's enjoyed a fantastic playing career, uh, now coaching, of course, and, and also as a, a successful uh, professional career. Is it something that's overdue? I think it is overdue, and that's why we've been trying to push it through over the last number of years. You know, and we have to work in other areas as well in terms of diversifying the people who are sort of, uh, running the game in Wales.
6: And the Welsh Rugby Union is spending a lot more money now on the women's game. A lot of debate about equal pay in national teams across many sports. Where do you and the Welsh Rugby Union stand on that? Do you think there should be equal pay?
3: We're behind the curve at the moment in terms of where our women's rugby team as a performance entity sits. I think our our original plan was probably we would take a couple of years to sort of try and get up to speed with England, France, New Zealand, for example. But it's been an interesting year, I think, in terms of what's happened in women's sport. If you look at the Football World Cup, the Cricket Ashes, for example. And I think there is a real, and it's only fair, focus on the women's game. So I think decision we've made is we have to accelerate that process. So we have to invest in the uh, in the women's game. I'm not sure how that's going to play out in terms of salaries and what have you, but it's embracing that principle, I think, that uh, uh, we have to be serious about the performance end of the women's game. It's something that uh, all, all six nations are very conscious of as well, in the sense that uh, you have a strong England and France who bordering on professionalism uh, whereas perhaps the other nations aren't so you're going have a total imbalance unless we all embrace that and i think there is a more and more of a commitment and a realization that that has to happen
6: all these commitments obviously need money what's the situation with private equity coming in to the pro 14 we've heard about CBC coming into english game what's happening in the pro 14
3: yeah, the, the arrival of you know, private equity a couple of years ago with the English Premiership uh, So obviously it's created a lot of interest. Pro 14 has been in discussion with CVC and it looks as if that could be moving forward. There are still uh, T's to be crossed and I's to be dotted, I think. But that, that is moving on. There'll be an inflow of money into the, uh, to Ireland, Scotland and Wales, which obviously is, uh, is well received.
6: Any concerns for you about control once that private equity comes into the game?
3: I think looking at the Pro 14, it's an easier entity, if you like, to offer a share. It's it's not, we're selling part of the unions, uh, we're we're selling a competition in a sense. We're selling the commercial arm of the competition. The the game itself, the rugby element, will still be controlled by the unions and by by the professional teams. I think it's it's an interesting one. I think rugby isn't always good at sort of working together in terms of the best results, because there's lots of areas of self-interest. So it probably needs an external partner, if you like, to come in and knock heads together Mm -hmm. in many many respects and and to more commercialise. What is regarded as an an underexploited sport, really, in terms of commercialism?
6: There was talk, Gareth, in the AGM about Wales and the achievements at, at the World Cup. One person who actually wasn't there, of course, for the whole of that tournament was Rob Howley. He's obviously been through a lot to be sent back on the eve of that tournament. Warren Gatlin said the other day he'd spoken to Rob who was devastated. Have you spoken to Rob Howley?
3: And what steps
6: is the Welsh Rugby Union doing to take care of Rob Howley's welfare in what must be a very difficult time?
3: Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a tough time for Rob. It's been a tough time for the coaches and the players, of course, right at the start of the, uh, of, of the World Cup. The union are in regular, weekly contact with Rob, so working with him, going through the investigation to do it properly. I think that's what we said right at the outset that this wasn't about doing things quickly. It was about doing things properly for everybody's sake so that everybody's clear by the end of it. So the union are sort of uh, very much uh, in contact with Rob, mindful that we are looking after him as well whilst the investigation is going on.
6: And where does that investigation stand at the moment? Is it near completion?
3: My understanding is that it hopefully will be completed in the next few weeks or so. But as I say, it's a case of ensuring we do it properly and we have all the facts uh, available to us.
6: We've got a, a new coach coming into Wales, Wayne Pivak, first game at the end of the month against the Barbarians. Going to be a big crowd in here for that. What are your hopes, what are your expectations for Wayne Pivak building on the legacy, if you like, of Warren Gatland?
3: Yeah, yeah, obviously tough boots to fill. I think uh, Wayne knows that. He's known that since disappointment. Uh, He's going at the job in a slightly different way at the moment. He's been very, very busy over the summer with the regions and he understands the importance of having strong regions which obviously should make his job easy Uh, he spent some time in Japan as well just sort of uh, taking in what the Rugby World Cup means so he's always geared up he's got a a strong I think team team of Welsh coaches uh, in terms of Stephen Jones Jonathan Humphreys Sam Warburton now coming on board as a sort of a, as a technical contributor towards that. I think it's a pretty healthy situation, it's quite an exciting situation, but uh, it's obviously not going to be without his challenges to try and emulate uh, what Warren Gatlin and his team did.
6: And that Sam Warburton appointment, as you say, an interesting one, a guy who's not long out of playing, only a year or so, to go straight into international coaching.
3: Yeah, but I think it's a pragmatic one in the sense that he's been brought into look like, at specific areas of the game where he excelled. I think someone like Sam will bring other qualities as well, apart from coaching. His coaching skills will develop, you'd like to think. His man management and his, just his public persona will be a huge contribution, I thought, to the coaching team.
0: And going back to the uh, government changes, you fought long and hard for these governmental changes. Is today the day that it's uh, come to fruition?
3: Well, it, it's ongoing progress, really, in the in, in sense. Obviously, Lisa's appointment to the board is a, is a huge step forward and it's probably come quicker than we thought. And the governance changes were sort of agreed last year. It felt a little bit like, yes, we've been quite successful because it hadn't happened before, but it was probably sort of not as far as we would have liked to have gone. But I think already, because we've made those changes, because it's out there and people realise we have to change in terms of various people who
0: contribute to the game, so it's probably happened quicker than I thought. We spoke to Lisa Burgess last week, but being elected onto the board is new. So what does she make of that?
7: Well, it's a huge opportunity for uh, women in sport and just uh, obviously the WIU now are really buying into the idea of inclusivity as well. So um, it's a really exciting role to bring my wealth of experience as a player, a coach, and all the years I've played rugby, you know, bring that to the table. So, yeah, really excited.
6: From a Welsh rugby perspective, is it long overdue?
7: Um, You can say that yes it is, you know, to have the first woman elected in 130 years, but at the same time, you know, it's really exciting that this opportunity has come now and hopefully it will open the gates to more opportunities for women in sport.
6: And what kind of influence do you think it'll have on the women's game in Wales to have somebody on the board for the first time?
7: I think it would be great. I mean, there's lots of buying to the women's game. You know, it's a huge growth area within the WRU and that's been made clear today in the AGM. And I think obviously bringing my perspective as a woman to the table as well, you know, is is only going to help that and um, hopefully develop the game more within Wales.
6: The fact that you're on the board, not only are people going to say, well, you know, there are opportunities on the field, but also the administration and other roles within the game. Can other people follow you into that?
7: 100%. I think it's a major milestone, really, that, you know, a woman's been elected onto the board. But not only that, you know, it's not just a woman, it's a rugby player. You know, I'm a rugby player, I am a rugby coach, you know, as well. So I I bring that to the table as well. So, um, and yeah, definitely it's great to have, um, you know, women role models in these high priority places.
6: A lot of debate at the moment in the broader sense in women's sport about equal pay for national teams is that something you would welcome in rugby equal pay for men and women for national performances
7: I mean look it's going to come within the sport it, you know it's moving that way anyway semi professional, professional contracts in England you know France so it is the game is moving in that way it's growing at great speed we just need to be careful we keep our own priorities as, as in the women game you know and learn from the mistakes if you like that, that's happened in the men's game but yes it's going to come of course it is and it's something yes I think um, needs to be if you want to compete at to that top end of the game
0: so plenty going on on and off the field in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast of course we'll be looking forward to the Wales Barbarians games for men and women at the Principality Stadium next week but until then goodbye